Donald Trump, you have a copy of the warrant. If you believe this is such an abuse, let us see the warrant and let us decide for ourselves. Oh, there you go. There's an idea. Thank you, Neil Cottyell. You're absolutely correct. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN in Palinville, New York on WLPP in Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says everyone. (laughs) From bradblog.com, thank you very much for joining us for another edition of the Bradcast. Meanwhile... Over at Fox News, an actual headline for one of the stories on their website late last night, quote, raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home by Biden's politicized FBI means U.S. now a third world country. It doesn't have a question mark at the end. <laughs> it doesn't quote some elected official saying as much. It simply declares that the F- that the warranted FBI search of Mar-a-Lago on Monday was by a politicized FBI signaling that the U.S. is now a third world country. So, yes, welcome to the broadcast. This historical (laughs) news of tremendous historical import about whatever happened on Monday at Trump's uh, home, resort, country club, whatever it's called, in Palm Beach, Florida, as it was searched by the FBI with a warrant approved by a federal judge looking for something which we don't yet know what it is as part of an investigation, which we also don't yet know what it is. That uh, news literally broke on our previous show as I said the words, good luck world to end it. I know. It was so frustrating. So Yeah, because I didn't, as soon as I said it and uh, Mike turned off, I could not even read the headline as that story broke on a whole bunch of news outlets almost at exactly the same time. So obviously that is by far the biggest news story of today and perhaps for quite a while. Uh, so we will get to that uh, in detail, what we know and even more what we don't know at this hour. We'll get to that shortly. But as there has been 
Critical news that, uh, Desi Doyen, I keep trying to get to. Yes, I know. We have discussed this off the air quite a bit about how there is just so much going on, and it's really important to try to get to it when we can. Well, uh, you know, it keeps getting delayed, uh, the, the stories that I'm trying to cover. It may happen again today. We'll see, because it's delayed for other critical news that also keeps developing in this uh, yeah, ev- stuff keeps everything, happening. everywhere, all at once <laughs> era that we are apparently living through. Yeah. But anyway, I want to hit at least a couple of those stories first today, so at least we get to them, so at least you know something about them, and then we'll get to the warranted search by the FBI led by Trump appointee Christopher Wray in a bit, since the rest of the world continues, no matter the walls that continue to close in, as I have long been telling you on our disgraced, twice-impeached criminal loser of a former president. Anyway, uh, a few election-related items today I want to make sure we hit. Voters in four states, Connecticut, uh, Minnesota, Vermont, and Wisconsin, cast their ballots on Tuesday in their state's midterm primary elections as the 2022 midterms remain incredibly critical for all manner of reasons, most notably, as I have been arguing for some time, because democracy itself truly is on the ballot in it uh, in 2022 in advance of the 2024 presidential election. So I'm happy to say uh, so far today, I have yet to find anything of note in those four states when searching for the uh, media to, you know, describe Election Day or voting system hiccups or glitches or snags or snafus, as they like to. Uh, Though that can always change. We don't always hear about these failures at the polling place or during tabulation until much later. So if you've heard about any such problems in any of those states, please do feel free to let me know. Uh, Send me uh, info or a link to bradcast at bradblog.com. We will have noteworthy results as they exist and are reported uh, by tomorrow on our next broadcast, of course, out of those four states. In the meantime, I do have just a couple of noteworthy results from primary elections last week that we were not able, uh, well, that weren't available, frankly, until week's end. In Arizona, Republican, uh, the Republican gubernatorial primary there, former TV news anchor, turned far-right Trump-endorsed Republican and 2020 election conspiracy theorist Carrie Lake was declared the winner in a very close race for the uh, Republican nomination for governor and a contest she has said for weeks was beset by massive voter fraud while failing to present any actual, you know, evidence of such fraud. She'll probably, I guess, stop making that claim, at least about her race. <laughs> well, now that she's won, Now sure. that she's won, uh, and she defeated a, a candidate endorsed by the state's current Republican governor and apparent Trump foe because he wouldn't help him steal the 2020 election in Arizona. That would be Governor Doug Ducey. Uh, her, Carrie Lake's opponent, was also endorsed by former vice president, also apparently a Trump foe because... You know, he wouldn't help him steal the 2020 election in Congress. Mike Pence. Lake's apparent win for now, if it holds up, as appears likely, will make the governor's race in Arizona this November, along with its secretary of state's state's race, among the most important in the nation. Because the Republican ticket in both cases in Arizona will be led by 2020 election deniers who have said they would not have certified Joe Biden's victory 
in Arizona in 2020, despite all of the counts and the recounts showing that, yeah, Joe Biden won the state that year. So Lake will be running against the for governor against the state's current Democratic Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, and far-right conspiracy theorist State Rep. Mark Fincham will be facing off in the Secretary of State's contest with voting rights and election integrity champion and previous broadcast guest, Adrian Fontes, who is Maricopa County's former Democratic County recorder in November. Both of those elections are now wildly important in 2022 as far as democracy itself in 2024. In fact, the entire top of the ticket for Republicans in Arizona and Michigan, according to Ronald Brownstein, those are two key, uh, key swing states. The entire top of the ticket for both of those uh, states are now election deniers who reject Biden's 2020 victory in those states. And they want to change future state policies to make it less likely or even impossible that a Democrat could ever win again. Those are not the only states now where that is the case. Uh, I would also add the governor's race in Pennsylvania. More on uh, the Minnesota, uh, I'm sorry, the Michigan attorney general candidate on the Republican side in a moment. But, uh, yeah, there is the uh, Pennsylvania governor, Republican governor, Doug Mastriano. He's the nominee there in Kansas. There is Chris Kobach. He's the new attorney general nominee in Nevada. Jim Marchand is the secretary of state nominee. So these are problems and serious concerns all around the country. I suspect we'll be rounding up a list of the most dangerous and critical races this November. Yeah, please reach out to anyone you know <sighs> in those states because in the future, they yeah. really need to understand yes, they do. Uh, the, the, the precipice that we are on if these people take over these state offices. And then there is this related news breaking in a Reuters exclusive and very much related to all of this. We, we, are, we have, for many months now, we've been reporting on all of the unlawfully, uh, usually secret cases of Trump MAGA Republicans gaining access to highly sensitive voting machines, voting systems in their respective states, illegally making copies of the software and in a number of cases distributing that software publicly. For example, the former county clerk in Mesa County, Colorado, turned recently failed Republican secretary of state candidate in Colorado, Tina Peters. Well, she faces seven felonies and three misdemeanors related to sneaking into her own office's secure voting system room in the middle of the night with a guy issued that she issued a fake ID to. She then turned off, they turned off the security cameras and they made copies of all the sensitive election management system software. And then somehow that software was released to the public just weeks before the very same software was to be used out here in California last year in the failed Republican gubernatorial recall election in California. Well, there, that was just one case. There's also the case of uh, Coffee County, Georgia. The Board of Elections there secretly gave access to some of these MAGA folks to do the same thing. And then there was a, a cover-up of that matter by Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. We've discussed that amazing story on this program with the uh, coalition of Good Government Good Governance's Marilyn Marks a few times. She's suing the state 
to do away with their touchscreens, and she has been revealing these remarkable details and, yes, audio tape evidence of that software theft in Coffee County and the cover-up by the Secretary of State of Georgia. And now we have this from Reuters. The Republican nominee for Michigan Attorney General led a team that gained unauthorized access to voting equipment while hunting for evidence to support former President Trump's false election fraud claims. That, according to a Reuters analysis of court filings and public records. The analysis shows people working with Matthew DiPerno, the Trump-endorsed nominee for the state's top law enforcement post, examined a vote tabulator from Richfield Township. That's a Republican-leaning stronghold in northern Michigan. The Richfield security breach, Reuters writes, is one of four similar incidents being investigated by Michigan's current attorney general, Democrat Dana Nessel. Under a state law, it is a felony in Michigan to seek or provide unauthorized access to voting equipment. And yet, the Republican nominee for attorney general, the state's top law enforcement official, is now apparently found to have led a group which did exactly that and is now being criminally investigated for it by the office of his opponent in this November's election. Trump has lavished praise on on DiPerno. Uh, he did so as recently as this past weekend at CPAC in Dallas, saying, quote, DiPerno, uh, quote, he's going to make sure that you are going to have law and order and fair elections. Reuters uh, was able to discover this connection, apparently, between DiPerno in Michigan and the Richfield voting system breach by matching the serial number of the township's tabulator to a photograph in a publicly released report that was put out by a member of DePerno's team claiming uh, falsely claiming fraud in Michigan last year. Reuters asked an election security expert and, yes, an occasional broadcast guest. <laughs> of course. Kevin Skoglin to review those materials and Skoglin who is the chief technologist and president of the nonpartisan Citizens for Better Elections. He looked at the material and said that, yeah, the numbers do, in fact, match. And they indicate that DePerno's team did have access to this uh, tabulator in Richfield somehow. So we may have uh, more on this in the days ahead. But given that Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has been investigating this matter that now appears to include her opponent in the November elections, well, uh, Jesus, uh, what a mess uh, uh, that these people have created. Anyway, Nestle has said uh, that she will ask uh, for a special prosecutor to investigate all of this. The attorney general's office declined to comment to Reuters on the specifics of the investigation, but said that Nestle would, quote, take appropriate steps to remove herself and her department if, in fact, uh, a conflict is established. Those steps include requesting a special prosecutor to look into the breaches. That, according to a letter from the AG advising the Secretary of State about this request, Nestle's office started investigating the uh, security breaches in the voting systems after a request from the Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson. She is also up for re-election this November, running against the 2020 election denier, naturally. 
A spokesperson for the Secretary of State said the office does not believe DePerno's team had legal approval to access the ESNS voting equipment. He declined to comment further on the AG's investigation, but emphasized its importance, quote, to ensure Michigan's elections are secure in the future. There must be consequences now for the people who illegally accessed the state's voting uh, voting machines. So, yes, a guy who could be indicted or is currently being investigated for criminal election fraud related crimes is currently on target to be the Republican Party's chief law enforcement officer in the state of Michigan. Might that change between now and November? Well, stay tuned. And then there is uh, uh, just a, a few more late results, by the way, I want to get in from last week before we get to more accountability news uh, from uh, from Trump world. Uh, a few more late results we have from last week in the great state of Washington. Republican Congressman Dan Newhouse, who was targeted by Trump for having voted in favor of his impeachment. Well, Newhouse will nonetheless advance to the general election in the state's fourth congressional district to face Democrat Doug White. So Trump was able to, unable to unseat Newhouse and the other incumbent congressional Republican from Washington state also targeted by Trump because she did the right thing and voted to impeach him. That would be Jamie Herrera But uh, Butler. She's in Washington's third congressional district. We still don't have a call on that race, even though the election was um, over a week ago now. Uh, but she has now fallen behind the Trump endorsed Republican challenger, Joe Kent, by just under 1000 votes. That's one half of one percent in this case. Kent overnight picked up about 750 votes on her during the last 24 hours. I suspect that Trump and the rest of the MAGA mob, however, will not complain about it. You know, so many, so many days that it takes to count Washington's vote by mail ballots. They won't complain about that as long as Trump's man ends up winning. it. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah. So uh, either way, the winner among those two Republicans, whoever it ends up being, will go on to face Democratic challenger Marie Perez in just over 90 days in the general election. Yeah, to, re to MAGA Republicans, the only legitimate elections are the ones that they win. That's how it works, ain't it? And when they don't win, they're apparently willing to violate the law in order to uh, steal future ones. Yeah, and you know, I don't think any of them came up with that on their own. I'm interested in finding out who put them up to it. Are you saying there's a conspiracy behind all this? Are you trying to say there's some mastermind behind <laughs> this, some super genius? All I'm saying is it seems unlikely that all of these election officials who don't seem to know a whole lot about software suddenly have this great idea to go root around inside the voting systems. Break into their own machines and, and share release them the with unauthorized people. What is up with that? Just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know why you're such a conspiracy theorist all of a sudden, Desi Doyen. Uh, but I do know this. We need to take a break and we will come back with what appears to be very good news for law and order because, you know, Donald Trump is very concerned about exactly that. 
a story about law and order and accountability for, yes, our disgraced former president down in Mar-a-Lago on Monday and some definitely good news out of the U.S. Senate over the weekend in Desi Doyen's Green News Report a little bit later. All of that straight ahead. Got it? Good. I'm Brad Everything Everywhere All at Once Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. Please help us continue that fight over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. We had it all Just like Buggy in the car Starring in our own lately show Sailing away to Key Largo So... We don't have any Mar-a-Lago songs, so <laughs> Sailing Away to Key Largo was about the best we could come up with. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Donald Trump's no good, very, very, very bad week continues. You will be happy to hear. Over the past hour or so, a federal court has ruled that, yes, the House Ways and Means Committee can absolutely access Donald Trump's tax records. Yes, that case has still been ongoing. A three-judge panel of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously ruled on Tuesday that the House committee can access Trump's tax records following a years-long legal battle. Of course, his lawyers are all but certain to appeal the ruling. They would be able to ask the full circuit court to rehear the case, or they could appeal directly to Donald Trump's packed and stolen U.S. Supreme Court. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the court's decision on Tuesday a victory for the rule of law. That ruling comes the day after, you may have heard, the FBI searched Donald Trump's home in Palm Beach, Florida at Mar-a-Lago while Donald Trump was in New York this week. Yes, I believe I may have heard a little you something about, about that. You heard about that, and it wasn't at Key Largo, actually. No, it wasn't, anyway, but hey, we had to find some way to throw an 80s song in there. He was in New York this week, not at Mar-a-Lago. Why? Well, because he's been forced to give a deposition in the New York Attorney General's investigation into his apparent bank tax and insurance fraud. That's a civil case that, while it won't send him or his children to jail... It could result in them losing pretty much everything or at least a whole, whole lot of money, potentially disillusion of the uh, Trump organization itself. If New York Attorney General Letitia James finally brings a lawsuit against him and his kids, her office has previously shut down Trump's phony university, Trump's phony charity organization, and has shown that they are not afraid of big targets. She's suing to shut down the National Rifle Association for fraud as well. So, yeah, as you have heard by now, the FBI on Monday um, did not actually raid Trump's Florida home, but they did carry out a warranted search of the property looking for something, even though as of now, nobody 
other than the FBI and a federal judge and, well, Trump's own attorneys, most likely, know what that something is. There are a lot of folks suggesting, based on unnamed sources, that the search has something to do with the 15 boxes of presidential records that Donald Trump is known to have absconded with after leaving the White House in January of 2021. That's a, in and of itself a violation of the Presidential Records Act and potentially some hugely criminal violations of law if there were classified documents involved, as the National Archives has already said that there were. But after Trump had previously claimed that he gave it all back, that does not appear to be the case, according to the National Archives. And there is some reporting out late today that there could be many other boxes of classified material that was not given back to the National Archives. Now, whether this search on Monday, uh, something never before done by the FBI or DOJ for any president, a warranted search of the home of a former president, whether any of that is related to all of these boxes of material that he absconded with, well, we do not actually yet know that. But that is the speculation based on as I said, unnamed sources who could all be the very same sources. I don't know. In other words, Donald Trump's own people who have every reason, frankly, to put the best possible spin on this news. What is almost certainly true is that this is the biggest, most historic blunder or politicization of the U.S. Department of Justice in American history or far more likely something incredibly serious and so serious, in fact, that there was no other way to get at this material, this information, this evidence beyond the issuance of a surprise court approved search warrant at dawn on Monday at the home of a former president of the United States. Personally approved, almost certainly, by the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray. You may recall he is a Trump appointee. Keep that in mind when you hear all these folks on the right blowing a gasket, claiming this is a politicization by the leftist Democrats. Well, if Donald Trump's own appointee to the FBI, to head the FBI is a leftist Democrat, that would be news. Uh, it was also almost certainly approved by Attorney General Merrick Garland, who, yes, is a Joe Biden appointee, though one who has clearly worked to prevent politicization at the Justice Department. In fact, has worked, some critics say, far too much to unpoliticize Trump's wildly politicized DOJ. Yes, the Justice Department that he spent a whole lot of time trying to do his political bidding. So what do we know as of now at this hour? There's a lot of people talking about uh, a lot of this, a lot of educated speculation, but this is historically unknown territory. And so we really still do not yet know too much other than that this is a very, very big thing that warrants uh, such a thing, that warrants, well, a search warrant, as I said, or it could be a monumental screw-up, though that seems far less likely. As our friend Philadelphia Inquirer's Will Bunch notes this morning, quote, the list of what we don't know about the FBI's action is a lot longer 
than what we do know. Most importantly, he says, it's unclear given the long potential list of high crimes and misdemeanors that could be tied to the ringleader of the January 6th insurrection what exactly the feds were looking for inside of Trump's castle. CNN reports a few details about it, among other things. The search included examining where documents were kept in Trump's personal residence and office and boxes of items were taken. Currently, the Justice Department is conducting two known known investigations into Trump, one into his efforts to steal the 2020 election and the ensuing January 6 attack on the U.S. Capitol as his last effort to try to steal that election. And the other investigation regards Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents, those so-called 15 boxes that he absconded with after he was uh, after he finally left the White House. According to The New York Times, the search at Mar-a-Lago focused on material that Trump brought from the White House to Mar-a-Lago after he left office, material that included classified documents and other documents subject to the Presidential Records Act, which requires official presidential documents to be turned over to the National Archives at the end of a presidency. Beyond this reporting, however, little is actually known about the raid, how it ties into the broader investigations into Trump, whether federal charges are imminent or if they will ever be forthcoming. Uh, we don't know if they will ultimately be filed against him or not. Even the White House reportedly says it was in the dark about all of this. President Biden's inner circle reportedly learned about the raid from Twitter around the same time that the rest of the nation did. Among the few things that we know, just to give you an idea of how little we know, at least as of airtime, about 24 hours after the story broke, literally the second that we got off air <laughs> on our previous show, yeah. um, comes from the, what we do know comes from Donald Trump himself. And you know what a trustworthy source that he is. Yet, uh, after the uh, story of the search, again, not a raid, but a warranted search carried out at Mar-a-Lago was initially reported by a local reporter. It was Trump himself who actually confirmed it with a statement on his social media site. And while I do not usually like to platform Trump's lies, because, again, as you may have heard, he has a habit of lying about stuff. I know. Newsflash. Let's uh, let's step through some of his long statement here, because that is what is being used to frame at least the phony outrage about what whatever is going on, uh, whatever went on on Monday uh, by Trump's allies, which is to say the Republican Party elected GOP officials, all of them, including past Trump nemesis like Mike Pence, who Trump wanted to see hanged, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, majority leader in the House who who once wanted accountability from Trump for January 6th until he did not want that accountability anymore. And, of course, Trump's most likely competitor in 2024, if he decides to run for president again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. They're they're all singing from this same songbook. So uh, here is how the original tune goes from Trump's statement, uh, quote, these are dark times for our nation, he wrote. Well, yeah, that part is true. Uh, and they have been really dark for at least six years or so, thanks to you, Mr. Trump. 
As my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Well, again, it was not raided. That suggests they broke down the doors and they came in with guns flailing or something. Reportedly, they did not. They had to show probable cause to a federal judge that an active crime was underway or potentially underway if they used any other means to get whatever evidence that they were looking for. They could have used a subpoena and said, pretty please, can you give us these documents? Maybe they did give him a subpoena and he didn't respond to it. We don't know. But whatever it was, it was important enough and big enough that they felt they had to take this extraordinary action. But in doing so, they had to show probable cause to a federal judge to get a lawful court order that included a warrant to go look for whatever it is that they are looking for. And moreover, while it is not confirmed, it has been reported that the FBI had to work with the Secret Service during this because the Secret Service guards Mar-a-Lago, the property down there, and that, in fact, it was the Secret Service who therefore let the investigators into the property without breaking down any doors or smashing any windows. Back to Trump's statement here. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. Well, that is true. (laughs) Finally. Uh, He says, after working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. Well, apparently Trump's own FBI director and President Biden's own attorney general of the United States, both a part of the executive branch, they took the matter to the judicial branch, which approved the warrant for the search. So two different branches of government believe this was the appropriate way to move forward. And they believed, Mr. President, former, that you were not cooperating with the relevant government agencies and that if they had gone about this another way, you might destroy the evidence that they are and were and or are looking for. And under law, they also had to show probable cause to that judge that the information they were looking for was actually at that part of Mar-a-Lago that they received lawful permission to search, not to raid, but to search. Back to Trump. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. So, of course, what you'll hear is uh, what we have heard already is this is not just an attack on Donald Trump. This is an attack on you, MAGA Republicans. (laughs) But there is, uh, at least currently... No evidence of any prosecutorial misconduct or weaponization of the justice system, though that is exactly what you, Mr. Disgraced former president, actually did spend four years of your interminable term as president doing at the DOJ. And even asking for out loud time and again as you fired one AG after another, finding, you know, someone in search of someone who would absolutely weaponize the justice system against your political enemies. As to the 
quote, radical left Democrats who desperately don't want you to run for president in 2024. Well, frankly, while I don't speak for the radical left or Democrats, I can tell you that you are absolutely the easiest one for them to beat in 2024 as of now. So not sure why you think they desperately don't want you to run. He continued, such an assault could only take place in broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries corrupt at a level not seen before. Which, of course, is what he says about everything is at a level not seen before. Do you have any other words you can use to describe things, sir? Anyway, the Trump MAGA wingnut media knows how to take their cues from this guy. As noted at the top of the show last night, Fox News's headline on this story at their website was, quote, raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home by Biden's politicized FBI means U.S. now a third world country. <laughs> That's their headline. That's their headline. The, uh, could have been written, actually was written by Donald Trump himself. Didn't attribute it to him. It just made that statement. He says, uh, they even broke into my safe. Okay, well, if they had a warrant to look for information that was so important that the heads of the FBI and the DOJ and a federal judge all felt that they needed to issue a warrant to search a former president's home for the first time in history, well, it must have been something pretty important that they were looking for. And it seems reasonable that you would keep something that important inside a safe. So, yeah, that's how law and order works, Mr. President. He says, what is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democratic National Committee? Here, in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president. Again, I'm not sure uh, that Christopher Wray, the uh, head of the FBI, the director that you appointed, is actually a Democrat. But other than that, it is completely different in just about every way, shape or form. This was not a pack of burglars secretly paid off by the president of the United States to break into campaign offices of the opposing political party. This was all done legally and openly, and all the elected officials who needed to know about it and sign off about it did. As Ian Milheiser at Fox.com Vox explains today, the difference between this FBI raid and Watergate is that water break, uh, the uh, Watergate break-in was an illegal burglary committed by five individuals tied to then-President Richard Nixon's re-election campaign. When the FBI obtains and executes a search warrant, by contrast, it must comply with a laundry list of requirements laid out in the Constitution. You've heard about that, sir, haven't you? The Fourth Amendment, for example, Milheiser writes, provides that no search warrant may issue, quote, except upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. According to Black's Law Dictionary, probable cause exists when law enforcement has a reasonable ground to suspect that a place contains specific items connected with a crime. The probable cause requirement means that federal agents may not simply search a home based on a hunch, a vendetta, or a quizzical plan. 
to boost Nixon's 1972 presidential campaign, as Ian writes. Because the Fourth Amendment requires federal agents to describe both the place they intend to search and the, quote, persons or things to be seized before a warrant may issue, the FBI agents who searched Trump's homes home would have needed probable cause to believe that they would find what they were looking for within Mar-a-Lago. Moreover, he says, the Justice Department's rules and norms counsel extraordinary caution when investigating potentially, uh, I'm sorry, politically sensitive individuals and entities. And the DOJ also must have known that an FBI raid targeting the GOP's most prominent figure would trigger threats of retaliation from Republican officials, which is exactly what has happened. Given all of these sensitivities, writes uh, Ian, it is unlikely that the FBI would have moved forward with this raid unless it was very confident that it would find evidence of a crime at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I won't bother to read with the rest of uh, won't bother with to read the rest of uh, Trump's statement here. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) It's it's a repeat. The rest of it is a repeat of his nonsense about he is. You know, politically persecuted, lies about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, he's still choking that chicken all of these years later, even as he's actually being investigated for actually absconding with actual classified documents, all the things he pretended that Hillary Clinton did. And then, of course, he concludes his statement by claiming all of this is, as you guessed, a witch hunt. That must be exposed and stopped. We really need to get him at the Soros. No kidding. MSNBC's uh, Steve Bennon notes, uh, quote, Trump's statement runs 340 words amidst all of the whining and whataboutism. At no point does he actually say he's innocent or deny that he mishandled classified information. He could have said that in his docu in his uh, statement. He didn't. Why? Milheiser over at Vox.com further goes on to note that if the reports that this raid focused on Trump's alleged mishandling of classified information are accurate, Trump may have violated a federal law that applies to anyone who, quote, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates or destroys or attempts to do so or with intent to do so, takes and carries away certain federal documents. If Trump is convicted under this statute, and we don't even know if he'll be charged under it, we don't even know if that's what they're looking at him for, but he knows. But if he's convicted under this statute, he may be fined and imprisoned for up to three years. But Democratic election lawyer Mark Elias also notes that that same statute governing the mishandling of federal documents carries an additional penalty. Someone who violates it can, quote, uh, be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. That said, notes Ian, even if Trump is convicted of violating that statute and declared to be ineligible for the presidency, it's not actually clear whether that law is constitutional, whether the Constitution permits him to be disqualified from elected federal office Mm. absent his impeachment by the U.S. House, conviction by the Senate and a decision by the Senate to declare him ineligible. So we don't know that law. Don't get too excited about it. Because even if he's convicted of it, 
you know, he may still it, that part of it may be unconstitutional. They'd have to go to court to litigate that. So what is all of this about then? Well, in fact, only Trump's people know. And here's the deal. He could tell us immediately if he actually wanted to. If he actually wanted to show us how he was so innocent of all of this, how it was a witch hunt, he could just show us that warrant. He got a copy of it. But apparently, for some reason, he doesn't. Obama's former, President Obama's former Solicitor General, Neil Katyal, made that very clear, very specific point when commenting on all of this earlier today. When Donald Trump and his minions say, oh, this is abusive and Gestapo-like and whatever, you know, there's a very simple answer to that. Donald Trump, you have a copy of the warrant. It explains what they were looking for and what statutes were violated that they think were violated and what okay. judge signed off on that. Release the warrant. You know, you called on Obama to release uh, the birth certificate and all sorts of nonsense. If you believe this is such an abuse, let us see the warrant and let us decide for ourselves. Yep, let us see it. Release the warrant. It will tell it will tell everyone exactly what it was that they are looking for, what statutes are violated, etc. Easy peasy. So while everyone is uh, freaking out about all of this, doing their best investigative work, citing sources that may or may not be legitimate ones, in other words, they may be folks that are tied directly to Donald Trump trying to make this uh, sound as good as possible. It's really a pretty simple case. They are looking for something and Donald Trump says it's an outrage and could prove otherwise if he wanted by showing us that warrant, who signed it, etc., etc. Everything else at the moment uh, is just noise. What this tells me, no matter what this raid is about, well, it tells me that what I have been telling you for some time is right on the money. Merrick Garland and the DOJ are doing their job. And, yes, the walls are closing in on Trump world. More specifically, Garland uh, meant it when he said that he would follow the law wherever it leads. Whatever the reason for this warranted search, he approved a search of a former president's home, which is a huge deal no matter what it is that the FBI is or was looking for, and I think whatever that is may be still bigger than anyone actually knows right now. But that's just speculation on my part based on what little we actually know. But it pretty plainly suggests that Garland will do whatever is necessary, as he said, to follow the law wherever it may lead. Good. Green News Report is next with, yes, more good news that we could all very much use these days. Indeed. I'm Brad. This is the Bradcast. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks.
Well, uh, maybe we will be doing a bit less melting uh, in the world, given what happened over the weekend in the U.S. Senate. We will get to that in a moment with Desi Doyen's yes. Green News Report. But during this past break... <laughs> More breaking news. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> this time, by the way, uh, comes from Fox News. Exclusive. So take it with whatever the grain of salt is. And I haven't even been able to click through to it yet. The headline, FBI confiscates... Republican Congressman Scott Perry's phone one day after Mar-a-Lago raid. Scott Perry is the uh, uh, Pennsylvania congressman, I believe, uh, who was who, who has been named by the January 6th committee as being integral to, you know, trying to overthrow the election. To in, the coup plotting. To the coup plotting. I think he has been. Uh, if not subpoenaed, uh, requested by the uh, January 6th to come in and answer some sit down and answer some damn questions. And now when FBI, when uh, Fox News puts out this headline this way, confiscates FBI confiscates uh, Scott Perry's phone one day after Mar-a-Lago raid, it would seem to tie those two items together. Now, Trump uh, Trump world has been claiming whatever is going on down at Mar-a-Lago has to do with those documents, those uh, uh, documents that he absconded with um, from the White House. But again, as I tried to point out, we don't actually know that it very well could have something to do with January 6th, Donald Trump's attempt to steal the presidential election as Fox News <clears throat> themselves sort of seem to be tying this together. The FBI, the FBI is uh, confiscating a congressman's telephone uh, just after the Mar-a-Lago raid. So do all of these tie together? We don't know. There are so many goddamn investigations. <laughs> it is hard to keep track. I'm going to need Trump. a flowchart. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we don't know. But there you go. Um, there's your breaking news that, uh, well, of the last two minutes. Who knows what will happen by the end of today's Green News Report. I am confident the Inflation Reduction Act will endure as one of the defining legislative feats of the 21st century. Green News Report special coverage. U.S. Senate passes landmark climate legislation. That landmark and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Our bill reduces inflation, lowers costs, creates millions of good-paying jobs, and is the boldest climate package in U.S. history. Also, coincidentally, the only climate package in U.S. history. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, snarky, yes, but it's true. <laughs> yes. This is the uh, only climate package anywhere near this size in U.S. history. And it is a big deal. Yes, it most definitely is. First, one of the reasons why this bill is so important, Death Valley National Park closed on Friday after getting hit with a year's worth of rainfall in just three hours on Friday, triggering flash floods and mudslides that temporarily stranded a thousand people. This, unless I'm mistaken, is the fourth thousand-year flood in the U.S., 
over the past week and a half. That's correct. Climate studies confirm that global warming is making torrential rainfall events more frequent and intense. And it is just the latest in a barrage of extreme weather disasters that have plagued the entire northern hemisphere this summer. With that barrage unfolding in the background, on Sunday, Senate Democrats passed the Inflation Reduction Act, the landmark climate, health care, tax reform and deficit reduction bill, the culmination of decades of effort in overcoming the influence of the powerful fossil fuel industry and Republican obstruction. The bill is historic. On climate alone, it contains $370 billion in investments economy-wide to move the nation away from the polluting fossil fuels that cause dangerous man-made climate change and shift the country to clean energy in the largest ever federal effort to address man-made global warming. Multiple independent analyses conclude that the bill's provisions would cut U.S. carbon emissions roughly 40 percent by 2030, which climate scientists say is critical for us to have a chance at avoiding catastrophic climate impacts. Good luck. The sweeping bill is far from perfect. It includes major support for the fossil fuel industry, like expanding public lands and waters available for fossil fuel leasing and subsidies to develop fossil energy carbon capture projects that were required to secure the vote of coal state Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona forced changes to protect billionaires and corporations' profits, but also negotiated $5 billion in additional drought assistance for southwestern states. Yes, she did. I think you owe her an apology, Desi. On the plus side, the bill has massive investments and incentives for private industry to manufacture and deploy clean energy, a first-ever fee to force the oil and gas industry to stop methane leaks, a nonprofit green bank to build clean energy projects, subsidies to build a domestic clean energy manufacturing supply chain and boost U.S. clean energy exports. It also has significant funding for households to decarbonize and save consumers money with incentives and grants for electric vehicles, heat pumps and home weatherization. Billions in investments for low-income communities that bear the brunt of fossil fuel pollution, funding to help farmers decarbonize, and permanent funding for helping coal miners with black lung disease. Nice. So they don't have to keep voting on that every few years? Exactly. And yet... Every Republican voted against it. Go figure. Most environmental groups support the bill as a critical first step, saying much more needs to be done. In a recent broadcast, climate scientist Dr. Michael Mann of Penn State University said while the bill is not ideal, its incentives will accelerate the transition to renewable energy for industry and households. If the measures to incentivize, to subsidize renewable energy are effective, if the carrot works, it becomes a stick. Um, which is to say, if we incentivize renewable energy enough, then fossil fuel energy is no longer competitive, um, and it's too expensive, and they can't get the investments to build, even if they're, they've been allowed the permitting of these leases and these pipelines, they're not going to be able to get the investments. That sounds like a delicious carrot. The rapid spread of renewable energy in the U.S. shows that federal policy shifts do act as accelerants. The bill is headed for a likely quick passage in the Democratic-controlled House. If it passes, it will mark more than 30 years of effort to get to this point. While there is much to complain about in this bill, the alternative to it is not a better bill. It is nothing. Well said. 
We'll see if it passes in the House. For much more on this story and all the ones we couldn't get to today, because of it, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Waiting for you, it's been a long time coming, I can't keep counting the days, I've been waiting for you. Yes. That's a lovely song. Yes, it has been a long time coming, hasn't it? It has, and it's such good news that I kind of have a hard time understanding what to do about it. I know, (laughs) but you know what? It does figure that finally when there is a story, a good news story about climate and taking action on climate change that the media are actually interested and willing to report on, uh, it completely gets bigfooted yes. by Donald Trump and what happened down at Mar-a-Lago. Otherwise, we would be talking about the Inflation Reduction Act all week long. Yeah, ain't that just the way? And we actually may end up talking about the Inflation Reduction Act <laughs> all week long, but the rest of the media, we'll see if they even come back. Hopefully, they'll come back on Friday when the House hopefully approves this thing, and then over the weekend or next week when Joe Biden actually signs this thing, if in fact he does. One quote I want to give you from um, this is from John Holdren, the White House senior advisor to uh, on climate, I think, to President Obama. He said uh, years ago, quote, we basically have three choices, mitigation, adaptation and suffering. He said we're going to do some of each. The question is what the mix is going to be. The more mitigation we do, the less adaptation will be required and the less suffering there will be. So uh, at least we have that to think about uh, when it comes to the Inflation Reduction Act. Yep. Uh, if, in fact, it passes less suffering for all, hopefully, maybe. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer. Yes. Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's always appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program or just want to download it to hear it again or share it with anyone and everyone you know, it is free. You can get at it at bradblog.com. No paywall. Thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves. Free for all. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. We will see what happens After I sign off here, but I am Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.